0: The parking lot could pass it on to the retailers at a shopping mall or could they could pass it on to individual motorists.
1: Toronto's revenue crunch forcing a Groundhog Day reversal from the mayor. Tonight an old tax idea makes a comeback what it means to residents and drivers. Good evening, we'll bring you that story shortly, but we start with Toronto's extreme cold weather warning and the effect it could have on some residents of one Midtown apartment. Many have been without heat for days now. The bitter
2: temperatures are about to roll in. CTV's Beth McDonnell is outside the building tonight with more on how residents are faring, Beth.
3: Michelle it's been a rough week the tenant association says there are more than 200 people who live here councillor Josh Matlow's office tells me that for the week 50 percent of residents haven't had heat and tonight 20 percent of the residents are still waiting for warmth As the temperature dips outside, staying warm inside this midtown apartment building is becoming increasingly uncomfortable.
4: Like it's a fridge basically, you have to wrap yourself up um, and it feels like I'm getting a bit of a sore throat and like waking up with like my nose feeling very cold, it's really difficult to get out of bed.
3: For the past week many in the Fleetwood, which is nearly a century old, have had low or no heat. Notices posted around the building say a technician is working to repair the boiler system. But that hasn't helped Darren Driver, a problem he believes stems from a lack of maintenance.
5: You're cold and you're freezing. Uh, you know, on February 1st, it was like this, and I had to pay rent on that day, right? So, you know, you know a feeling of powerlessness, uh, you know, building management, uh, right, just not listening to anyone.
3: The city, meanwhile, did listen. Several complaints are being investigated and led to the issuing of two violation notices and two property standard orders. Space heaters are now being delivered to tenants and it appears hydro usage will be reimbursed. Still, driver says anything requiring considerable electricity breaks the circuit. And so heaters are not a long-term fix.
6: Not to be cute, but we need to turn up the heat on the landlord.
3: Pressure is mounting as the bitter cold spell looms. I'm worried about tomorrow because it's going to be really cold Um, and yeah I can't imagine (laughs) how it would be like no and and I have a dog too so I'm just like I'm worried about him. The city says it's working with the owner, management company and tenants to get the heat back on. Mayor John Tory stopping by to check on residents. Depending on the investigation the landlord could be found liable to pay a fine of up to $1,000 or if summoned to court could face a fine of up to $100,000. I called the company on the notice today several times, no reply as of yet. The mayor says he called the owners and they got the message about the repairs. Councillor Josh Matlow's office tells me since this morning It has received two more complaints from residents about buildings without heat,
1: one in North York and one in Scarborough. Reporting live, I'm Beth McDonnell. Zoraida, back to you. Thank you, Beth. So let's turn now to Lindsay Morrison, who is tracking this blast of Arctic air set to move in. What conditions will these tenants be facing tonight, Lindsay?
7: Very cold conditions, Zoraida. And it's not just tonight, it's through tomorrow and perhaps into Saturday morning as well. Earlier today, Environment Canada expanded an extreme cold warning to include us here in In the city of Toronto, it had been in place for several days for areas to the north. And here's why. We are forecasting an overnight low tonight of minus 19 degrees. Windchill minus 30. These are bitterly cold temperatures and wind chills. We've got a little ways to go. We're still at the freezing mark here at Pearson International, and this is what's going to trigger the cold down. We have a vigorous cold front making its way across southern Ontario. So depending on where you're joining us from, you might already be seeing some snow out your window. This squall line is going to reduce visibility on the roads for a brief period of time tonight and may lead to a couple of quick centimetres of accumulating snow. Already the winds are picking up. They're in close to 60 kilometres per hour in some areas. There's the widespread snow squall warning that is in effect. Behind this squall line, the Arctic air is going to move in and temperatures are going to plummet. We have lots to talk about when it comes to your weather forecast. It's all coming up for now though, Ida. Back to you. Thank you, Lindsay.
1: Toronto's budget problems may be bringing chills to City Hall. The mayor is starting to revisit some old ideas, including a parking lot tax.
2: John Tory's approach comes as the city faces a near $1 billion fiscal shortfall and a lack of revenue streams. CTV's Natalie Johnson joins us now with more on what the mayor is considering and how it could affect you. Natalie.
4: Well, Michelle, the mayor is interested in in exploring the idea of a commercial parking levy, how much it could generate, what the implications might be. But anytime you talk taxes in Toronto, not everyone is on board. If you pay to park in Toronto, you might think you already pay plenty. And so some drivers are worried that a commercial parking levy could drive up the consumer cost. I think it's uh, an added cost to the everyday working person. I'm trying to make ends meet to begin with. Um, it's just one more expense added on. It's tough times as it is already. But there is growing political interest in a possible commercial parking tax that could generate hundreds of millions in revenue for the city every year.
8: When I first started talking about this, it was like, no, 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 right? Uh, but I think the more we learned about it and, you know, learning that other means have something similar... Uh, more councillors seem to be more open-minded about it.
4: And that includes the mayor. John Tory was cool to the idea just a few weeks ago. But in a request issued today, the mayor calls on council to examine how this tax could work. The idea is that owners of commercial parking lots would pay a fee to the city based on the size of their parking. For example, a fifty per space per day. But critics argue that it could deter businesses from setting up shop here and could be passed down to consumers.
1: It's going to impact them, and in many cases, some of the costs of those parking levies will transfer down uh, to them, because the parking levies definitely are seen by our members as another commercial tax on business.
9: The
0: owner of the parking lot could pass it on to the retailers at a shopping mall, or they could pass it on to individual motorists, that's true. So if parking costs a little bit more, we have to accept that, I think, in the city. Uh, It's one more reason to leave the car at home.
4: As for revenue potential, a 2016 report found that the tax could bring in more than $500 million annually if applied to all commercial spaces in the city, though council could choose to exempt small businesses, hospitals, religious institutions and more. It's now up to council to decide whether to take a look at the tax or park it. And this kind of tax is already in effect in Vancouver and Montreal. And so many councillors here want to take a closer look at how it has worked out in those cities. They say if adopted here, this tax would be tailored to Toronto. Reporting live,
2: from Natalie Johnson. Michelle, inside to you. Thanks, Natalie. Just ahead, a new grade 11 English course with a focus on Indigenous writers. The Toronto District School Board votes to swap out Shakespeare for a new curriculum.
1: 25 more speed cameras are now in place on city streets. Mayor John Tory says the goal isn't to punish drivers, it's to change behaviours.
8: I wouldn't care if they didn't bring in one penny of fine revenue or issue one ticket if people would just slow down. The best speed control device is your foot on the gas pedal.
1: Today's increase brings the total number of speed cameras to 75, three in each of Toronto's 25 wards. The original 50 cameras issued more than 21,000 tickets in December.
2: Two people are recovering tonight
1: after a minivan crashed into a
2: tree and a pole overnight in North York. Police say it happened near York Mills in the DVP. The victims were taken to a trauma centre with serious injuries. No word on a cause. To a CTV News investigation now, a Toronto paralegal known for
1: defending clients in court is himself on trial tonight. He is accused of being part of a scheme to fix dozens of traffic tickets, and authorities allege he had help on the inside. Here's our John Woodward with this exclusive story.
0: Paralegal Benito Zapia told his clients, we win or it's free. It was even the name of his Toronto practice, appealing traffic tickets with a car that bore the business name. But authorities alleged he had an ace up his sleeve, a traffic court clerk who changed case records to make every case look like a win. That clerk, Frank Rosello, has already pleaded guilty to fraud relating to more than 130 record changes in 2018 and sentenced to two years less a day at Maplehurst Prison. He arrived in cuffs at Toronto Superior Court to testify, saying they were asking me if I could get rid of them, get rid of the tickets for them. He said he met several paralegals, including Zapia, and changed about three to four cases a day for three months at $50 a case. I saw it as an opportunity for me to earn a bit of extra money to pay off debts that I still had lingering over my head as a result of addictions and rehab. Addictions to cocaine and gambling that put him about $45,000 in debt. The city got an anonymous tip in 2018 and confronted Rosello about the scheme in a marathon four-day interview where he admitted some of his role but claimed no one else was involved. He testified he was lying then and in a subsequent police interview admitted he took money from at least five paralegals. I don't think we can uh, trust his testimony. Zappia's lawyer, Robert Karras, says the changing stories could be one reason charges were dropped against four people, leaving Zappia the only one left going to court. He's given a number of statements over the years. All of them have been
5: different. It's very suspect, and uh, my client denies that he had any involvement whatsoever.
0: Zappia has lost his ability to practice, the Law Society seizing control of his We Win or its free website. The city of Toronto not commenting on whether it's secured the court system against potential future bribery while this trial is on. A trial Zappia believes is another one he can win. John Woodward, CTV News.
1: And if you have a story idea for CTV News Investigates, please let us know. You can email investigate at ctv.ca or visit our website for more secure and anonymous ways to get in touch.
2: Brampton Mayor Patrick Brown is calling for Ottawa to do more to stop stolen vehicles from leaving the country.
8: It's not an appeal issue. Frankly, it's not even a GTA issue or Ontario issue. It's a Canadian issue. And You look at Montreal since 2019, auto thefts are up 120%. Close to, you know, over 80% in the city of Toronto since 2019. Almost 100% in in, in Peel Region. Um, over 134% since 2019 in York Region. You find any major urban hub in Canada? Auto thefts have skyrocketed.
2: The city is making a local, local effort to keep cars in driveways. It has approved a pilot project to distribute Faraday bags to residents. The devices block key fob signals and prevent what's known as relay attacks. Last year, Peel Region reported a 92% rise in auto thefts compared to 2019, with nearly 6,000 stolen vehicles reported.
1: The province today reinforcing the messaging surrounding its health care plan, which officials say will provide people with services faster and closer
7: to their communities. This plan will strengthen all aspects of health care right in our own communities, in hospital emergency rooms, in community settings like pharmacists, pharmacies and doctor's office, in long-term care homes and through care delivered in the comfort of your own home. The
1: three-phase initiative includes an increase of family physicians and a boost to infrastructure and worker training and $30 million to create health teams with various skills to help improve care for vulnerable and marginalized patients. Critics say the plan leaves the door open for the upselling of some services, which could lead to a two-tier system. The province maintains no one will be forced to pay out of pocket. We now know the details behind the service for former Mississauga Mayor Hazel McCallion. CTV's Scott Lightfoot has the
2: details of how the woman affectionately known as Hurricane Hazel will be remembered and how you can take part.
6: It is a home for hockey in Mississauga and a fitting place to memorialize a woman who had a lifelong passion for the sport former mississauga mayor hazel mccallion will be laid to rest with a state funeral at the paramount fine food center on february 14th what would have been her 102nd birthday
9: that'd be great she deserves it for all the years of service that she's given us you know a straight up woman you know all about the people not too many politicians can
6: uh, do that today outside mississauga city hall her image looms large over those skating laps
10: She was long enough. I think she deserves that, our respect and everything else. She's done a lot of good things for the city.
6: Known to many as Hurricane Hazel, McCallion, who died last Sunday at the age of 101, was the longest-serving mayor of Mississauga. For 12 terms, more than three decades, she led the city, earning respect from politicians of all stripes. In her later years, she became an unofficial role model for active senior living.
1: Careful when I go over this red chip
6: first trying rollerblades at the age of 72
1: how's that eh? that's what fishing on the lake is all about and
6: still fishing well into her 90s since her death early Sunday people have been visiting Mississauga City Hall to sign books of condolences during the two days leading up to her funeral McCallion's body will lie in repose at City Hall for people to pay their respects According to a release from the Premier's office, McCallion's funeral will have limited seating for members of the public and free tickets will need to be obtained in advance from the Paramount Centre. Guests are asked to arrive before 10 a.m. and the funeral will also be shown at the Living Arts Centre and online for those who can't make it in person. Outside City Hall, the flags remain lowered. The Premier has ordered flags across the province be lowered on the day of the funeral. Scott Lightfoot, CTV News, Mississauga.
2: Still to come tonight, celebrating athletic achievements in accessible sports. Durham Region prepares to host the 2023 Sport Games.
1: In Ottawa, the Conservatives are demanding the government bring in tougher rules for bail. The Tories have introduced a motion calling on MPs to pressure the Liberals to act. Toronto Police Chief Myron Demke recently said
4: that last year, of the 44 shootings in Toronto... Twenty-four of the murderers were out on bail, seven of which were out on firearm-related bail.
11: I want to reassure Canadians that if someone poses a significant threat to public safety, the law tells us they should not be released on bail. I'm disappointed that the official opposition is using tragedies to try to score political points.
1: The Conservatives also pointed to the murder of OPP officer Greg Perchala. One of the accused was out on bail. The NDP and Bloc Québécois are not supporting the Conservative motion, but agreed that solutions are needed. Canada is extending a COVID-19 testing requirement for air
2: travelers from mainland China. The measures will remain in place until at least April 5th. They include a pre-flight test. Passengers need to provide proof of a negative result before leaving for Canada. The requirement came into effect January 5th in response to the surge of cases in China. It also applies to travelers from Hong Kong and Macau. Ottawa wants to delay expansion of medical assistance in death for
1: those with mental illness. The Liberals say they need another year to make sure the provinces and health care providers are equipped. CTV's Kevin Gallagher reports.
5: With the deadline allowing Canadians with mental illness to apply for a doctor-assisted death six weeks away, the Justice Minister says the government and health care system need more time.
11: We need to be prudent. We need to move step by step making sure that, that uh, people within the profession, Canadian society at large, has, has internalized this step.
5: This expansion of euthanasia has been studied over the past two years and would make Canada's policy one of the broadest in the world. Today, the government says it needs another year for provinces and medical evaluators to implement the complicated guidelines.
11: COVID slowed everything down. Uh, we have to recognize that possibility. And to be honest, we, we, we could have gone forward with the original date, uh, but we want to be sure, we want to be safe, uh, we want everybody to be on the same page. In
5: 2019, a Quebec court ruled excluding those with mental illness from medical assistance in dying violated their rights. Though an expert advisory panel recently told the government proper safeguards are in place, including the need to provide mental health patients with all available resources to relieve their suffering.
4: This is another year of delay, another year that... These people will be forced to suffer, denied compassion and, quite frankly, discriminated against.
5: But there are critics of the legislation. Today, the Conservatives say medical assistance in dying or MAID should not be expanded to those
11: with mental illness. Will they recognize that we need to treat depression and give people hope for a better life rather than ending their life?
4: I think it is totally irresponsible for the
2: leader of the opposition to misrepresent what this means. All of the assessors and providers for me are purposely trained to
4: eliminate people that are suicidal.
5: The justice minister says he's confident legislation to delay the expansion of assisted death will pass. If it doesn't, though, the changes would automatically become law on March 17th. Kevin Gallagher, CTV News, Ottawa.
1: In Ukraine, Russian missiles struck residential areas in Kramatorsk for the second time in 24 hours. At least five civilians were injured in the latest strikes on the eastern city. The attack came as crews searched for survivors in the rubble of an apartment building hit late yesterday. At least three people were killed. 21 others were injured in that attack.
2: In Kiev, Volodymyr Zelensky met with the European Commission president today. Ursula von der Leyen praised Ukraine's application for EU membership, and she said European assistance has reached $55 billion so far. The Ukrainians are keen to get more Western military aid in anticipation of new offensive by both sides in the
1: spring. In Kinshasa, Pope Francis held prayers today in the Cathedral of Notre Dame. The pontiff is continuing his visit to the Democratic Republic of Congo. Earlier, he urged young people to forge a new future without the ethnic rivalry and corruption that has fueled many conflicts in Africa. The Pope flies to South Sudan tomorrow. Well, there will be a new course for grade 11 students in Toronto, and many people say this one has been long overdue. Its focus will be on Canada's rich indigenous
2: literary history. CTV's Mike Walker has this look.
12: It's meaningful change and transformative change. A change Indigenous student trustee Isaiah Shafkat has been advocating for, now one step closer to reality, as the Toronto District School Board prepares to make grade 11 English focus on First Nation voices. We need to share with students and everyone that Indigenous peoples are here and Indigenous peoples are sharing their story.
7: And that has carried...
12: Trustees approved the plan Wednesday night to replace the current mandatory grade 11 English course with a ministry-approved curriculum that will see literary classics replaced with texts by First Nation, Métis, and Inuit authors.
7: There is a learning gap. There is a knowledge gap about the history of the Indigenous experience.
12: The move, part of the board's commitment to implement calls to action by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada.
7: I hope it will give them a lens into... The history of our country uh, into a wider understanding of truth and reconciliation.
12: But the vote wasn't unanimous. Three trustees voted against the motion, including James Lee, who believes Indigenous education should be compulsory in every grade. But I have not yet seen a comprehensive pedagogical analysis from our team of staff members on whether this is the best way of incorporating compulsory Indigenous education into our system. Canada's largest school board is the latest to make this change following school boards in Durham and York Region. As
11: we continue to hear more Indigenous voices in these areas, so we'll start to see Indigenous peoples as equals, as leaders for in Canadian sectors beyond simply just in
12: reconciliation. 29 of 110 TDSB high schools already offer the course, Shafkat, who is now in grade 12, first proposed this change two years ago. Uh, We're increasing students' knowledge about Indigenous issues, perspectives. And that, he says, is a critical step towards reconciliation. Education is the starting point for a lot of critical and transformative change, and students lead that change when they know and when they have the knowledge. The TDSB says the changes will be implemented gradually at its high schools. A report on how that will be done will be presented to the board in June. Mike Walker, CTV News.
2: Coming up, as families wait months on end to get an autism diagnosis, a new study reveals a potential solution to speed up the process.
10: And I'm Pat Foran. Coming up on Consumer Alert, we continue to get many complaints about expensive furnace and air conditioner rental contracts. A woman was shocked to find out buying out her contract will cost her $17,000. Now there's a chance there may be a class action lawsuit. All of my reports...
11: That's just it.
7: Well, this particular cold snap isn't just about the core temperatures. It's also about the wind chill. Going to be feeling like minus 30 early tomorrow morning. And in conditions like that, there is an elevated risk of frostbite. In fact, it can take as little as 10 minutes for exposed skin to become affected. There is relief from the extreme cold coming this weekend and some very mild temperatures expected by next week. Details are just ahead. And stay with us. We've got another full night of great shows for you right here on CTV.
1: Door-to-door sales were banned in Ontario almost four years ago, but many people remained locked in expensive rental contracts for furnaces and air conditioners. Some homeowners who have these monthly contracts may not
2: realize the buyouts can be expensive, and they may also have a lien on their homes. Pat Foran has this Consumer Alert. Pat.
10: Michelle adds, right, a woman who bought a house says she knew it came with a rental water heater and air conditioner, but she was shocked to be told buying out the contracts would be $17,000. She was even even more surprised to find out there's a lean on her home. Mm-hmm. Kara Santoki loves the solitude of her home in Georgina on Lake Simcoe. She saved her money for 10 years living in Toronto to buy her dream house.
1: When I bought this house I was informed that the AC and tankless water heater were rental items.
10: Santoki bought the home a year and a half ago and after she moved in she decided she no longer wanted to rent the water heater or the air conditioner. The rental charges per month on the 15-year contract are more than $180. When she asked how much it was to buy out the items, she was shocked when it was $17,000.
1: $17,000 to buy out the contract for an AC and a water heater and I was flabbergasted.
10: She also found out a lien had been placed on her home.
1: I was devastated actually to think that, that there's a lien on my property.
10: Santoki's contract is with Crown Crest Capital. She found out there is a proposed class action lawsuit against the company for allegedly misleading consumers. We expect
8: that there are thousands of Ontarians who are impacted by
10: this particular conduct that's alleged in this lawsuit. Soto's class action says if the case goes ahead, okay. a judge could decide if liens should be removed and homeowners compensated. There is no protection for consumers in the way these uh, uh, HVAC rental agreements uh, are designed. CTV News reached out to Crown Crest Capital regarding Santoki's case and a spokesperson said Crown Crest Capital did everything it was required to do from a consumer protection perspective. This is clearly an issue between the customer and her lawyer rather than CCC. They added we are resisting the certification of the proposed class action vigorously. Santoki says buyouts should be calculated closer to what equipment is worth.
1: I'm open to a reasonable buyout, not $17,000.
10: And if you need a new furnace, air conditioner or water heater, be aware that long-term rental contracts can be expensive and it's usually cheaper to buy the equipment. If you rent, you could also have a lien placed on your home.
8: On your side, I'm Pat Foran. If you have a consumer story idea, email us at... Alert at ctv.ca.
2: An important reminder this evening for Toronto homeowners, if you still got some forms to fill out with the city, tonight is the deadline to declare if your residential property was occupied or not in 2022. A vacant home tax is payable as of this year, and while there are exemptions, the city still expects owners to make those declarations as soon as possible to avoid penalties. Late submissions will be accepted and reminder notices will be mailed out.
1: Toronto police have made several arrests in a fraudulent gift cards investigation that they've dubbed Project Wash. Officers carried out search warrants yesterday at a business in Toronto and a home in Richmond Hill where they uncovered about half a million dollars worth of fraudulent cards and equipment to produce more. Three Richmond Hill residents face charges and will appear in court in March. Well, here it is. Groundhog Day. And <laughs> alas, there
2: are varying views. I'd, I was hoping there'd be more votes for spring.
1: Yeah, I know. You know considering that we've had quite a mild winter, I, I can't really complain.
7: Yes. And and that's the thing. I mean, Wyerton willie predicting an early spring. Okay. Yes, we haven't had much winter, but there is disagreement uh, to the east and stateside. I don't know. I think we'll have to be the judge at home. Uh, I can tell you that we are headed into the depths of winter right now. It is going to be very cold overnight tonight and over the next couple of of days, but interestingly enough, it's suddenly going to look and feel like spring again at times next week weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. In case you missed it, here is your Groundhog Roundup. Shubenacadie Sam predicts six more weeks of winter. So too does Punxsutawney Phil. Wireton Willie, I've got my fingers crossed, suggesting an early spring. Not feeling like spring today or tonight. In fact, we have an Arctic invasion that is taking over the country. So much so that there is now an extreme cold warning in effect for southern Ontario. This is issued by environment canada it's warning of wind chills of around minus 30 to in some cases minus 45 that's more so the case over toward ottawa into montreal overnight at a glance tonight for us in the gta we're expecting that temperature to go on a downward spiral eventually early tomorrow morning to about minus 19 degrees feeling like minus 30 and then this is the middle of the days our warmest point of the day we're going to struggle to climb out of the minus teens it will feel like the mid minus 20s and then And we're still going to be chilly as we make our way into your Friday night and in some cases into Saturday morning too. Here's the other weather story we're tracking right now. And this is more of a now situation. We have a widespread snow squall warning in effect. Those are the areas that you see there in orange. Just about all of the GTA watches for areas like Coburg and Niagara. Here's what we're dealing with. We've got this squall line that's moving in. This is a vigorous cold front. And what this is doing is it's bringing us the active weather. Behind it, we're going to get the very cold air filtering in. With this, we're also getting some very strong winds. So in addition to the falling snow, we've also got below. Blowing snow And that is going to create uh, some visibility issues around the GTA, at least through the early part of this evening. That event itself is short-lived, but behind it, as mentioned, winds are going to be quite strong. They'll be coming more from a north and northwesterly direction. That's going to lead to a couple of lake effect streamers through the day tomorrow around London, around Barrie, and then later on in the afternoon, perhaps extending into Durham region. So just a heads up, you could get some accumulating snow tomorrow. Here in the city of Toronto, it's looking more likely that we'll be dealing with flurries and then a burst of scattered flurries into your Saturday morning. The good news is as we make our way into Saturday afternoon, we're going to start to get some relief from this extreme cold. But here's a snapshot of what kind of additional snow we could be in for. Maybe a trace to two centimeters here in the GTA. So that's for tonight. There's tomorrow. Very cold. Into Saturday, we see a bit of a rebound. Minus four degrees for the high. Look at Sunday on the plus side at three degrees and that's not even our warmest day. How about next Tuesday? Six or seven degrees. As a result, some mixed precipitation will be in the long-range forecast. That's your look at the weather. Michelle, over to you.
2: Thank you, Lindsay. Also on the weather front, millions of people in the U.S. northeast are bracing for possible record-breaking temperatures. Texas and parts of the south are dealing with the aftermath of a winter storm that brought days of freezing rain, sleet, and ice. The storm was blamed for at least 10 traffic deaths in the north, starting tomorrow through Saturday, wind-chill temperatures could reach minus 46 degrees Celsius, in part stretching from northern Pennsylvania to Maine.
1: Also tonight, star power in the sixth, Ryan Reynolds surprises journalism students at a local college. The class stunned as the actor suddenly shows off his skills.
0: On
8: air, online. On every platform. Escape tragedy by mere moments. CTV News Toronto.
2: A story you'll only see here.
8: Winner of the Canadian Screen Award for Best Local Newscast. We have developing details. Watch weeknights at 6.
2: Toronto Public Health is urging anyone eligible for the Mpox vaccine to ensure they're fully vaccinated against the virus. Cases of Mpox, formerly known as monkeypox, peaked in Ontario back in July, but local health officials say four infections were reported over a 24 hour period on January 27th, showing it is still circulating. Certain members of the 2SLGBTQ plus community are eligible for the Mpox vaccine, which now requires two doses 28 days apart.
1: Stats Canada says since the pandemic, there has been a major increase in deaths related to alcohol. And now a new study is offering some insights into the phenomenon. Ottawa researchers crunched the numbers from Research Institute ICES, covering March 2020 right through to May of 2021. They found a rise in alcohol-related health visits across the population. But the rise was especially notable among those who had pre-existing issues with drinking. The authors say pandemic stress and the closure of services may have influenced people to drink more. The study was published in the Canadian Journal of Public Health.
2: Health Canada has issued a number of product safety recalls you'll want to be aware of. Nearly 130,000 Hallie Hansen brand sweaters have been recalled across the country because of flammability concerns. Health Canada says they were sold between August of 2019 and 2022 and should no longer be worn. This follows a separate recall this week of a number of indigo products, including mugs, amid concerns about mold contamination. There were no reports of adverse incidents in either recall. According to Autism Ontario, the average wait time for a diagnosis is a year and even longer for access to services.
1: But a new study from Holland Bloorview suggests regular pediatricians may be able to help. Our health reporter Pauline Chan explains why.
9: Adrian Zaram knows how important speed is in detecting autism. Her daughter, Ramira, was diagnosed at just two. She, the way she
1: behaved was just so different than what I had experienced with our first child. that. I just kept saying, asking, is this normal, is this normal? But her regular pediatrician
9: was experienced and made the diagnosis, enabling the Zahrams to get funding and therapy immediately for Amira.
13: Me and another group of people, we would do all like kinds of like games and hang on a bit. And I think that was like, so the doctors could know like how the, the, the social part, It took
9: about four years of special classes and Amira is now in a regular school doing very well.
1: If we can get more children diagnosed in the community, um, hopefully it can speed up wait times across the system.
9: In a pre-pandemic study, Holland Bloorview assessed the ability of 17 general pediatricians across Ontario to diagnose autism in children who had developmental concerns but no official diagnosis. The pediatrician's diagnoses were followed up with another assessment by specialists. The results? When the general pediatricians felt confident that their autism diagnosis of the child was correct, they were right 90% of the time. However, when they ruled out autism as a diagnosis, they were right only 60% of the time. Dr. Penner says the study shows we can reliably accept an autism diagnosis from pediatricians, but...
1: We should be cautious um, uh, with general pediatricians who are ruling out autism, and particularly if there are some identified features, those children might be better served by having uh, a more specialized assessment and
9: to help develop the expertise of pediatricians, nurses and other healthcare staff, Holland Bloorview offers a course called Echo Autism.
1: And in fact, that can save you um,
9: potentially months and months of waiting and help get your child access to therapies that much faster. Pauline Chan, CTV News.
1: A well-known former television journalist has been tapped to foster Canada's interests south of the border. The federal government has appointed Tom Clark as Canada's Consul General in New York. The former CTV News correspondent and anchor will be in charge of Ottawa's efforts to promote cultural and economic ties there and in neighbouring U.S. states and Bermuda.
2: It was just yesterday that Beyonce announced her long-awaited world concert tour, but if you want to see her in Toronto, you've got to act fast. Beyonce's renaissance world tour will play the Rogers Center for two nights in July after fans faced issues buying Taylor Swift tickets Ticketmaster is trying to spread out booking dates so its website can keep up fans originally had until midnight tonight to register for a chance to buy tickets they now have until noon tomorrow we're getting a first look tonight at an upcoming original series from Crave following an Indigenous woman's search for her birth family. There
4: were, what, 27 kids taken from here?
3: Thousands
2: from this region. Little Bird is a co-production with APTN. It tells the story of an adoptee in her 20s finding out she was part of what's now known as the 60s scoop. Little Bird is out this year on Crave. CTV and Crave are divisions of Bell Media.
1: Some Seneca College students were paid a visit they won't soon forget.
2: So much more he wants to do. The 72-year-old <laughs> is planning to
6: announce a primetime partnership in 2024. <laughs>
1: Video posted on social media shows actor Ryan Reynolds reading the news with presenters at the school's communications faculty. The Vancouver born star was also given a tour.
4: My initial reaction was I was just frozen and like is everyone else seeing what I'm seeing? Is everyone here with me? Is Ryan really here with us? Uh, Once he came up beside me and he just started reading the teleprompter I was just amazed. I had no words, honestly. I was starstruck, as you can see. There's no other way to put it. And he told me to come back in the shot with him and start reading with him. And when we did, everyone started cheering us on, and it was just a really great moment.
1: Reynolds posted on Twitter, thank you for the tour, Seneca College. I wish something like this existed when I was starting out.
8: Brought to you by Lastman's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody.
4: You have to wrap yourself up um, and it feels like i'm getting a bit of a sore throat
1: updating our top stories with an extreme cold warning in effect for toronto some tenants of a midtown apartment building are going another night without heat the city says it is working with management to get the heat up and running again
4: i'm trying to make ends meet to begin with um, it's just one more expense added on it's tough times as it is already
2: Toronto's budget problems may soon be felt by some businesses and even drivers. Mayor John Tory has opened the door to potentially imposing a parking lot tax, a move he said could boost
1: the city's economy.
12: We need to share with students and everyone that Indigenous peoples are here.
1: Grade 11 students in Toronto will be gaining a new course that focuses on Indigenous literary history. Trustees have voted in favor of the change, which is set to replace the current Grade 11 English course. And remember to follow us on social media and keep up to date day and night through our website, ctvnewstoronto.ca. And if you have a news tip, photos or video of breaking news, let us know. In business,
2: investors are getting insight into how well companies are faring amid uncertain economic times. And they include three tech companies. With more, here's Jacqueline Hansen from BNN Bloomberg.
13: Apple, Amazon and Google's parent company Alphabet reported after markets closed and investors don't seem to like what they see. Apple reported lower sales of wearable devices and Macs than expected as demand slumped and supply was affected by its factory in China. Amazon projected a weaker quarter ahead, raising concerns about slowing growth in its cloud services business, AWS. And Alphabet narrowly missed expectations as advertising growth slowed. In after-hours trading, shares of all three fell, reversing some of today's tech rally. Let's take a look at some of the other closing market numbers for today. The Canadian dollar is trading lower, just a touch, to about 75 cents U.S. West Texas Intermediate Oil is down about 50 cents to a little under $76 U.S. a barrel. And Western Canadian Select declined almost $1.50 to a little under $53 U.S. a barrel. As for stock markets, the TSX fell just 10 points to end the day at 2074044 That is the latest in business. I'm Jacqueline Hansen of BNN Bloomberg.
1: Air Canada says operations are back to normal at Pearson Airport after a systems outage impacted check-ins and other services for over an hour this afternoon. Just after 3 p.m., the airline tweeted, the IT issue affecting our Toronto Pearson flights is resolved. We apologize for any delays and appreciate our customers' patience. Please check your flight status and use mobile and web check-in before going to the airport.
2: Australia has decided to remove the British monarchy from its banknotes. The $5 bill is the only one left with an image of the monarch. The new one will have an indigenous design rather than King Charles. The central bank says the decision followed consultation with the Labour government. The king is still expected to appear
1: on coins that currently bear the image of his late mother. Someone with very deep pockets has a new set of wheels. This one-of-a-kind Bugatti has sold for $10.7 million in Paris. That is a world auction record for a new car. It goes from zero to 100 per hour in just over two seconds. It will be Bugatti's last purely gas-powered supercar. And just ahead, gearing up for the Parasport Games in Durham region, students get ready to cheer on the athletes as they get a lesson in perseverance and the true meaning of sport.
6: Tonight, a fundraising campaign for a hockey arena like no other. It's pretty special. A historic ice rink in Saskatchewan, complete with a staircase that's captured worldwide attention later on CTV National News.
2: We're going to milk this next story for all it's worth. China claims to have successfully cloned three super cows. It's hoped the breakthrough will reduce the dairy industry's dependence on imported breeds. Scientists say the trio was cloned from highly productive cows originating in the Netherlands, and they insist the new bovine can produce an unusually large quantity of milk. The 2023 Ontario passport game, parasport rather, games kick off tomorrow and it's all across Durham region.
1: Hundreds of athletes will compete in nearly a dozen events and as CTV's Andrew Brennan reports, excitement is building.
8: It's not often children vie in line to be hugged by a porcupine, but Patchy's a little bit different. He's the mascot for the Ontario parasport games, hosted this year in Durham. The fourth to sixth graders at Meadowcrest Public School in Whitby have been busy making signs to give to as many athletes as they can.
12: He's supported by family and friends.
8: Tegan Miller will be cheering on her cousin but she wrote a sign for Paralympian Andrea Nelson. Less about sports, more on life.
12: You may lose or you may win but either one you're perfectly fine at the end. And a support.
8: Mike Shorman knows better than most what the encouragement means. He was the first person with a physical disability to paddleboard across
12: all the Great Lakes. What I learned in this is that I I had great
6: success with what I did because I had the support of people um, all across the country.
8: The class is going to a sledge hockey game along with Patchy. Deegan Hamer loves the Toronto Maple Leafs, but this will be a first for him.
3: No matter disabilities, like no matter what they can't do, they're still athletes, and I, they're going to play the sports they love, and they're going to do well. When I'm going to look back, I'm going to be proud of what I've done today.
6: Now, we're going to know
12: that they have supporters um, and people cheering them on, and it makes me very emotional looking at all of this. The games run Friday to Sunday.
8: And whether it's sledge hockey, wheelchair tennis, five-a-side soccer, or matcha, here at the Ability Center. Admission is free. Andrew Brennan, CTV News, Whitby.
2: That'll be great. Well, we've reached the point in the week where the weather is intensifying. We've yes. got snow, but we also have this extreme cold we've been waiting for.
7: And the snow that many areas are getting right now is associated with a cold front, which is going to then cool us down. So it's all sort of related. We'll begin there with a look at the snow that's falling in many different parts of the GTA. I'm happy to report that this squall line is breaking up a little bit as it makes its way into uh, the downtown area. It's not quite as powerful as it was about an hour ago, but depending on where you're joining us from, you may have encountered uh, quite a burst of flurries, uh, reduced visibility. Uh, we have widespread snowfall warnings in effect. Oh, look at that. They're coming to an end live on the air for the Muskoka area and around Barrie, Ontario. Uh, temperature already starting to fall. We have fallen two degrees in this hour alone. We've got a long way to go before we reach our forecast overnight low, but there is an extreme cold warning in effect for much of southern Ontario, including the city of Toronto. This is what we're waking up to. So it's a gradual slide. Temperatures in the minus teens, but feeling like minus 30. So a frigid Friday ahead. The weekend brings us some relief from the cold gradually. And then we're talking temperatures on the plus side of the freezing mark through the early part of next week. Sarita and Michelle.
1: Thank you, Lindsay, and be sure to join Omar Sachedina tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by our next local newscast at 11.30. In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For Lindsay Morrison and all of us here at CTV News, thank you for watching. Have a good night. We'll see you at 11.30.